Hello, everybody. Happy Halloween Eve. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. I have all of your entertainment and pop culture content in one place, uh, which there is a lot to get into after this long weekend. Let's jump into it. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. All right. A little spooky intro music for you today. Lots to talk about. It's Cabbage Day for all my New Englanders out there. I I thought everyone celebrated Cabbage Day. A brief history of Mischief Night. That's what they're calling it, Mischief Night. What do you call the day before Halloween? That's the question everyone's wondering. Surveys have found that nearly three-quarters of Americans have no name for the specific day, and the ones who can... Don't uh, who do can't agree on what to call it, but that's appropriate for the occasion. Devoted to pranks, that night is the trick part of trick or treat. In the U.S., Halloween Eve goes by many names with variation, even in the areas that do call it something special. Mischief Night has a strong presence in the New Jersey area in the coastal Northeast. In Detroit, October 30th is known as Devil's Night. Parts of New England call it Cabbage Night, kid. Elsewhere, it's Devil's Night, Gate Night, or Goosey Night. Either way, happy Goosey Night to everybody out there in New England. That was a... I can't believe my mom used to let us go out. Ten years old, and you'd go out, you'd buy shaving cream, and you'd, like, put shaving cream in your hand and throw it at people. And then whoever had the, like, the flavored shaving cream, the, like, the peppermint shaving cream, would just burn your eyeballs. Oh, my gosh. You'd have to shower for hours to get it all out. Uh, You know, and then the bad kids would be throwing eggs at cars. It was a real wild night. In New England, home of the original asshole. New England kids are not nice kids. Uh, my whole childhood is just, you know, uh, I was bullied by my best friends. You know what I mean? All right. Either way, that's the day that it is. Goosey night or mischief night. Let's get into a little mischief ourselves. And sadly, actually, we should open on this story. Uh, of course, over the weekend, it was shocking news that Matthew Perry has passed away. Star of Friends. I didn't realize he... Start on Friends in his early to mid-20s. I mean, you know, the older you get, you realize how young people actually were. But he was but a child, and he said he's never been happier before his sudden death. He was in a good place before his shocking death, and people uh, close to him are being told that he was happy, content, optimistic, and had recently committed to a new film. You know, because the first thing when you hear of an addict uh, drowning or having an issue, you know, you get this sort of Whitney Houston vibe where it was some tragic relapse or whatever it might have been. But the truth is, is he had already put his body through hell. So I'm sure he was kind of, uh, you know, uh, living life on borrowed time, as it were. Matthew had never been happier and had just moved into his new house three weeks ago and was loving the new digs. In addition to being happy about his new home, we're told Matthew had a lot going on in Hollywood. One source said he was recently or recently had committed to acting in a new movie, a drama, and he was also working on other projects and coming up with ideas for scripts. Overall, our sources say Matthew's outlook on life was optimistic and he was sober and felt content. Of course, uh, you know, photo helicopter photos show that he was, you know, they did the whole thing where he was found in a hot tub and people go, how could you die in a hot tub? Well, if it's true that there was no drug paraphernalia found and he just had a heart attack, it could have been the result of a whole bunch of things. But of course, his history with substance abuse. I mean, he talked recently in his tell-all memoir about going to open houses where he would sift through the medicine cabinet trying to find, you know, painkillers and medications and things like that. It's a true tragedy, and it's kind of one of the ugly things that can happen to celebrities when they get access to fame and fortune. 
It's, it's, you know, all of your greatest vices become ready at a fingertip. So either way, uh, gone too soon and very shocking for a lot of people out there. You know, um, the truth is like friends just came up in that time period where you only had so many TV shows you watched, right? You had Friends, Seinfeld. If you were a younger kid, you were watching Full House or whatever it is, right? You feel like they're your family. I almost feel in a niche way that podcasting it kind of replicates that same sort of parasocial relationship that we had before. You thought you were friends with Lisa Kudrow. You thought Jennifer Aniston was your sister, you know, these types of things. And now for those that uh, listen to loyal podcasts, I'm not saying mine, but I'm just saying in general, there's one podcast I listen to that I've listened to for 10 years. And I think of the guy as like a dad to me. I, I've, I've listened to his wisdom, his stories and things like that. Um, for, for a decade. And, and I think about the if and when, when I should say not if, but when he passes, it's going to be a weird feeling. It's going to be a feeling like I knew him. And it's, it's, it's cause we dedicate so much time and energy to specific people in our life, whether they know us or not, that it becomes in, in, I should say this from a content creator standpoint, it's with sort of a little bit of levity that you think about that. And you go, I don't want to let people down. I want people to feel inspired and I want to share positive energy and education and humor and all these things with others and because you never know when your time is up that's that that's how it works folks we don't get to know when it's all said and done we can just run this race as hard and fast as possible lisa kudrow wants to adopt the late friend matthew perry's dog as pals share sad theory over death here's an interesting article lisa kudrow said to be baffled by her former co-star matthew perry's death and is considering taking care of his dog, Alfred, following his passing. Friendstar is reportedly thinking of adopting her late friend, Matthew Perry's dog, Alfred. Matthew, who was also a star in Friends, died at the age of 54 this weekend. Matthew said, Lisa, who is now 60, were part of the famous Friends cast, along with Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Matt LeBlanc, and David Schwimmer. Of course, after hearing about Matthew's death, Lisa is said to be considering taking care. Oh boy, this article sucks. I'm just keep, I keep reading the same thing over and over. They are baffled by the death. They suggested that he might have taken some prescription medication that wasn't safe to take before getting into a hot water. Yeah, so who knows? Whenever you get into hot water, like physically, not metaphorically, you know, you have to deal with certain issues. Your blood pressure is going up and things like that. My guess is, though, that Matt, whether it was this hot tub or something down the line, like I said before, he was just living on borrowed time. Well, you might have caught it, but we had our Driving with Dave interview with Clayton over the weekend. That's right, Clayton Ecker joined me. We redacted about a 20 to 25 minute part of the conversation. I have received correspondence from the person who's attempting to get a temporary restraining order against me. She offered to drop the charges of temporary restraining order. Do you call that a charge? I don't even know what it's called. I've never met this person. She also said she would not sue me or do all these other things if I stopped talking about her, about this person whose name I have never mentioned. Well, I think the plan is, and I'm reaching out to legal counsel and talking, you know, weighing up my options. The plan is, is to continue being authentic and abiding by the rules and the laws that exist out there, which is to continue to cover this case as uh, as it unfolds. Clayton is back due in court on Thursday. The last court day that he had with her for this specific charge of harassment was live streamed. 
Now, folks online have questioned a lot of things after watching that live stream. I can't reshare it with you, but uh, as you guys know, I'm sure you've been following this case that we have going on here. There's multiple aspects. There's a order of protection that Clayton lost to her this past week. Now there's the uh, 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 accusa accusations of harassment that he has against her and she has against him. All that going to say, we still are uh, allegedly pregnant. We are pregnant with the two twins, the set of twins that... Uh, she alleges are Clayton's. She says, I'm pregnant. You will all uh, know the truth when I give birth to these kids. And uh, virtually nobody online believes her. My thing is this. I think it's okay to not believe somebody. I don't think it's illegal to not believe somebody. Her sort of anger, I believe, and frustration comes from the fact that she thinks people are dismissing all of her quote-unquote evidence that she is pregnant. Either way, we're going to continue to cover this um, as fairly as I can see possible. Uh, oddly, over the weekend, I was called a grifter by some for, uh, for I guess, accepting a GoFundMe. Now, people have raised $6,000 for me. I turned the GoFundMe off, which means nobody can send me any more donations over there. I have not accessed the money uh, yet. I am meeting with a lawyer. Like People think that just because you're not exactly sued means you shouldn't have legal representation. But as far as I'm concerned, anybody, and again, this is just your update for the Clayton scenario, anybody threatening you with a lawsuit or threatening to get a temporary restraining order, any of those cases, I think should be taking very should be taken very seriously. The last thing I want is to not have legal representation when the time comes that my work on YouTube and podcasting is being questioned in the sort of legal manner. I mean, will it come down to a freedom, you know, uh, uh, you know, will it come down to a First Amendment uh, issue? I, I truly don't know. Uh, will this person be able to prove harassment against me? I find that very difficult. I've never, I've never encouraged anybody to figure out who this person is, to reach out to them. And I think the truth is going to be on our side with all of that. You know, defamation would have to be proving malice. Like I'm specifically spreading misinformation and uh, lies about somebody. And, and of course, that would include me sharing their name and things like that. That's not the case. I want everybody to have the best access to mental health and to take care of themselves. I'm just focused on the only person in this whole issue who has their name out there and that's Clayton Eckerd. You can listen to our full episode if you haven't already on Driving with Dave. After recording that on Friday, I reached out to Caitlin Bristow. I knew she was still in Los Angeles and I said, hey, Caitlin, um, if you're around, I know you're heading out of town, but if you need a ride to the airport, let's do this. Let's do a Driving with Dave while I drive you to the airport. I mean, for me as a as a podcaster, it takes the same amount of energy. I, I usually pick people up and just drive around town and do whatever, but I was like, oh, come on, let, it'll be fun. And Because I, I personally love taking people to the airport. I don't know why. Now, don't ask me to take you. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I, I like, uh, I don't know, I like the idea of like, I'm taking somebody to a fun, special place where you go to travel and things like that. So I interviewed Caitlin Bristow on Friday. It was a fantastic conversation. She said, I might be boring. I said, give me that boring Caitlin Bristow. I don't want you to pretend to be anything more than who you are in the moment. And I think just an idea, but I think that's why people are really relating 
to driving with Dave because I don't think we're trying to make it into anything bigger than it is. It's just a good old-fashioned conversation. Nate is up next from Michelle Young season. He'll be my next guest on Driving with Dave. Super excited to see him. I got Cassidy Timbrooks, who's talked a lot about her recent sobriety from Clayton Eckerd season. So fantastic conversations coming up soon. And speaking of Nate from Michelle Young season, Michelle has hard launched with her boyfriend. I think his name's Jack. And she's got a tall, uh, good-looking man we don't know much about him he might be on a college football team we're still trying to figure that all out but either way happy for michelle for hard launching her new guy and speaking of yearly anniversaries we've got uh maddie pruitt uh wrote an instagram story commenting or an instagram post about her one year anniversary with grant trout and you know i I like when maddie can be like retrospective and honest she basically said you know sometimes i don't feel like i'm living up to what i should be and sometimes i feel like um the things that i do aren't always my authentic self and living up to the the word of the lord you know it, it was a lot lot of i mean look was it worthy of an instagram post that's up for you to decide but I like that she's showing that she's not a perfect person. You know, you get in, not to say she was ever a um, sort of like a beauty contestant, but a lot of times from some of these bachelor alumni, especially those that get into speaking and podcasting, you get this version of people that look so perfect. And she's here saying, look, I have my own flaws. And I think that's good. I think that's good that she's sharing them. Uh, And I think people need to remember that even if you come from a lot of money or even if you come from whatever privilege, you know, you're still, you still have those day-to-day struggles. I know it's hard for people. She married a billionaire son. What could he possibly be struggling about? I get it. And here's another couple in Bachelor Nation we have to discuss very briefly. Rachel Lindsay and Brian Abasolo, Dr. Abs. There's been a troll who has been commenting on literally everyone's com- any everyone's Instagram reels. I've blocked them. They come back. They've commented mine in reality. Steve's they comment on every, they commented on Michelle Young's uh, when Michelle Young hard launched her boyfriend, they commented and they're essentially saying that Brian and Rachel are broken up. And I don't know. And, and I have not reported on this story. I know nobody else has because it's like, what the hell does this troll care about if they broke up or not? Well, it doesn't matter what we think of what people do with their personal life. If they're two consensual adults that decide to end their marriage, fine. But with that said, they have posted on Instagram. Brian posted happy Halloween 2023. And then he posted with Rachel Lindsay. She also did and not in this photo, but she also went uh, dressed for Halloween as, um, as Rihanna, uh, pregnant halftime Rihanna when she was in that, like, you know, red, pleather jumpsuit or whatever so uh is that is that her saying she's pregnant no i don't believe so i think it's just a halloween costume but by all means for all the internet sleuths out there halloween becomes a very very confusing time so yeah, not too, too much in the Bachelor world. There was an interesting post by Stephanie from She's All Batch podcast, which showed the manipulation, is that the right term, that goes on on the edit for Bachelor in Paradise. Specifically, the moment where Davia enters the show and we then cut to Kat rolling her eyes. Well, She's All Batch showed that actually Kat, when she rolled her eyes, had her hair in pigtails. And then when she hugged Davia, she had her hair in a ponytail. Therefore, proving that the show is scripted and edited and all and manipulated and all those things. But speaking about producer manipulation, 
I'm not going to share this with you guys here. You're going to have to go to YouTube to check it out because uh, I want you to hear from her own words. But former Bachelor producer, her name's Lana Noel, she has come up come out with crazy accusations. I'm not saying she's crazy. The accusations are about another former or another Bachelor producer. Accusations that this Bachelor producer actually said contestants were trying to bang him uh, as they were in their exit limo. So when you get dumped on the show, you get that limo ride or Uber ride or van ride, whatever it is, and they film you. Well, apparently the producer sits next to the contestant and guides them through their breakup. Well, he's saying now that uh, someone on a recent season got dumped. I don't know if it was Zach Shell Cross's season or whoever, but as they were getting dumped, they were trying to get the producer to come up to the hotel room for a little post-dump nookie. And it's like, look, I mean, do I blame the person? It's like, look, I got this hotel room. I just got dumped on TV. You know, what do they say? The best way to get over someone is to get under somebody else. Do they mean get under a bachelor producer? What are the ethics? Does HR care about this? That's what I'm not too sure about. But another wild accusation by Lana Noel. And she may be talking about this on future podcasts. I'm not really sure. But for right now, she just talked about it on her Instagram story, which is on my YouTube channel. She also made the accusation that her ex-boyfriend, this Bachelor producer, admitted to going out in Amsterdam when they were supposed to be on the Virgin Cruise cruise line for Rachel and Gabby's season. Guys, this is nuts. So the accusation is that this Bachelor producer went out with a couple hairdressers which sounds like slang, but it's just their hairdressers on the, um, what does hairdresser means? They cut hair or style hair, makeup artist, whatever the hell they are. They went out with another contestant from the bachelor bachelorette season. I'm not saying who it is, but this was the season that I believe if my memory serves me right, had Avon, it had Logan, it had Tyler, it had Eric Schwer, it had all these folks, right? Well, one of them has been accused of banging I, I hate to use a, uh, this term banging versus fornicate or whatever, uh, but when you're on a cruise ship and you bang a waitress, I don't think it's, I don't think they made love. Let's put it that way. I don't think love was being made. Uh, I don't know. Did he get a free haircut out of the deal? Did she lower his, uh, his uh, you know, sideburns? What's going on, right? Uh, did she give him the bangs? What bang? You know, there was some form of bangs happening. Uh, but either way, the allegation is that he hooked he the 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 man to yet to be named hooked up with a hairdresser while on gabby and or rachel season my question is what's the morality behind that you know gabby and or rachel are dating multiple men they're allowed to have any consensual hookups that they want to have while waiting for your date now i'll tell you this it would definitely make it more interesting if the men were allowed to date other women while waiting for their date. My guess is then it just becomes essentially bachelor in paradise. It's a whole nother story. Either way, there are rumors on the streets that this story has existed for a long time, but there's just no, and no pun intended, hard evidence that this has happened. Uh, we know plenty of stories in the past where like a sound guy ended up hooking up with a bachelor girl. You know, there's a lot of people on the crew that get very close to each other and it doesn't always revolve around what we see on the cameras. So very interesting stuff. If this story gets out any further, I wonder, and, and by the way, if I'm a, if I'm bachelor legal team, I would be trying to nip this in the bud because the last thing they're going to want is for audiences to know that the contestants aren't taking this as seriously as they would want us to believe. So either way, if you want to hear what she had to say, I've got that on today's YouTube video. Go check that out. And in other news, this is the pairing that I really want to see. If you're like me and you grew up in, grew up in the mid to late 90s, you loved Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Alfonso Ribeiro, 
of course, is now a host of Dancing with the Stars. And he hints that he wants Will Smith joining him on Dancing with the Stars. Now, of course, Will Smith has had his meteoric fall from grace after slapping Chris Rock. And so many other, you know, uh, things have come out regarding he's not even with Jada Pinkett Smith. They haven't been together for seven years, she says in her tell-all. Very strange stuff either way. On, the, on what was supposed to be the highlight of his career. Didn't he win an Oscar that night or whatever? I'm not sure, but either way, that's the point is I can't remember if he won an Oscar because we were too busy seeing that he slapped Chris Rock in front of everybody. Well, Alfonso Ribeiro played his younger, I, I mean, I want to say brother, but I guess were they cousins? I guess they were cousins, right? Because he was staying with Uncle Phil, who has since passed away. And anyway, you, you, you know the whole story, right? Uh, Alfonso Ribeiro has opened the door for a potential fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion on Dancing with the Stars. The host of the hit dancing competition has remained good pals with Will Smith following their time together on the iconic 90s sitcom and recently spoke about why he should join him on the show. Alfonso Ribeiro, 52 years young, played Carlton on the sitcom and entertained viewers with the now infamous Carlton dance. Uh, remember that? Oh, gosh, I'm getting some real memories here. But it's good friend Will, 55, who he wants to see impressed with his moves. Opening up on the current series, Alfonso answered a couple of quick-fire questions. Uh, how much fun would it be that I get to watch Will Smith be bad at something? Now, okay, this would be fantastic. Uh, it'd be great for Will Smith. Now, a lot of times, the only celebrities that go on Dancing with the Stars are celebrities that are up and coming or down and going, right? Those that have already plateaued. It's kind of been a way for people to reemerge, like 90s sitcom star Jody Sweden, right? You know, you get like people that aren't that huge that go do it. Influencers and random power recappers, no, things like that. But with Will Smith, even though he's a meteoric star, he would be the biggest star to ever do the show. But boy, does he need the PR. Does he need a challenge to, that is bigger than himself? And I think that would be fantastic for him. I think he would be really good. But of course, he's not young. You know, 50, uh, to be in your 50s on a dancing show, there aren't many contestants. I think Maurizio is probably in his 50s. He's um, uh, Mauricio Umansky. But most of the contestants are like charity law in mid-20s, some contestants even younger. I think Charlie D'Amelio won last year and she was in her teens, right? So it's a tough and challenging show and I, for one, would be sitting front row to watch Will Smith and who knows, maybe even Alfonso Ribeiro will do a dance with him. We'll have to see. And some people are wondering whether or not Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift are an actual couple or if it's some weird PR stunt. But I don't think Taylor Swift needs any PR. She doesn't need any help out there. But now, how about this? Labels want to prevent Taylor's version like re-recordings from ever happening again. So Taylor Swift had her whole studio, all of her, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, all, all of her music, essentially, was sold to Scooter Braun and, be, and, and without her permission. It was kind of like a deal that she didn't really know was happening and it happened. Well, so what she's decided to do is like they they can they can own the masters, the picture locked or audio locked versions of her music, but they don't own her voice. So what she did was make Taylor's version, which means she's been re-recording all of her old albums and all of her fans who really support her are now buying her old albums. It, it'd almost be like if I wrote a joke 
And I own that joke. But if I performed it on Comedy Central um, on a special, then they would own the special. But what if Comedy Central sold that special to my arch nemesis? I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to retell that joke on my own and people can buy the new version of the joke. That's essentially what has gone down. And it's made her tons of money. She's now a fully fledged billionaire. While Taylor Swift has been racking up billions of streams with updated Taylor's version re-recordings of her original hits over the past couple of years, making cultural moments out of old material and simultaneously driving down the value of those original recordings that were sold away from her, record companies have been working to prohibit this sort of thing from happening again. Major labels Universal Music Group, Sony Music Entertainment, and Warner Music Group have recently overhauled contracts for new signees. Again, the music industry has always been so predatory. So to think that they can just come in there and own people's rights, I think is so wrong. I recently did a deal, uh, she said, with a very big indie that had a 30-year re-recording restriction in it, which obviously is much longer than I'm used to seeing ads. Oh, this is from an attorney. Uh, I think the majors are also trying to expand their re-record restrictions, but in a more measured way. They are generally not yet able to get away with making such extreme changes. So she's changing the world as we know it. She's changed the movie world because she went straight to AMC and went around all the distributors that make all their money. The, 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 Entertainment industry as we know it is changing and it's primarily due to Taylor Swift and we love to see it. All right. Well, enjoy your cabbage night tonight. Enjoy your devil's threesome or whatever the hell you got going on out there. Your devil's tango. Uh, And we'll be back tomorrow. I'll be on the road. I'll be in the Midwest, but I will be here uh, in spirit and I will be here recording all of our episodes, uh, YouTube and podcast. So you're not going to miss a beat. I'll be there with you. If you want to join us for behind-the-scenes content, go to patreon.com slash Dave Neal. But in the meantime, enjoy the evening. Have some nice Reese's, uh, and I will talk to you later. I've been Dave Neal, and this was Bachelor at Rush Hour. <laughs>